Hi everyone, Shelby here. If you enjoy the show and the topics that Charlie and I cover, please be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It helps us tremendously in getting more exposure. Also, don't forget to recommend it to anyone you think might like it. Thanks! Cyber sources may not be suitable for some listeners. The show contains strong language, mature content, and graphic details. Listener discretion is advised. I've said I'm not a fan of the cryptid topics that you've suggested we cover, but I'm actually kind of happy about this one, mostly because it's not just wildly out there like the Rebobs and their damn flying monkey robot bat things. <laughs> I mean, that, that's understandable. Like, there is a whole ass wealth of cryptid stories, but this one, like, aside from Bigfoot, I would argue has some of the most hype and the most research behind it. And I think that makes for a much better and more immersive episode. Definitely immersive. <laughs> and since we're Hey, not... I just got that. Yeah, I was like, oh, you didn't get that? Okay, I ain't seen anything. <laughs> um, since we're not going to roll into the episode with our usual BS, what uh, better time to say hi to our wonderful listeners. So welcome hi. back, everyone. If you don't already know, that's Shelby, I'm Charlie, and we're happy to see so many returning listeners and even some new ones. Uh, we're diving into Loch Ness today to uncover the secrets and mystery behind the monster that allegedly lurks beneath its murky waters. And actually, no. Everyone should know Nessie is a myth. There, episode done. We'll see you next week. No, 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 no. Just because a ton of experiments and science has been done doesn't mean that Nessie isn't real or isn't there. Haven't you ever seen South Park? Chef's parents had numerous run-ins with Nessie. Come oh, on. God, here we go. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not, here we go. That damn Loch Ness monster dressed up like Girl Scout trying to sell motherfucking cookies. Then, it said it needs about tree fitty, and that's about the time that they realized it was an eight-story tall crustacean from the Protozoic area. You are done. <laughs> We are not getting copyright striked because you're stealing a bit from South Park. I wasn't even stealing the bit. I'm pretty sure it falls under fair use. But anyways, fair use. I was going to comment that they say it's a crustacean, but I don't think it's a crustacean. It's a fucking dinosaur. It's not real. That's what you think. All right. Anyways, yes. The infamous and non-existent Don't Tell Shelby Loch Ness Monster while we usually have a primary source to plug here at the start of the episode, um, we've actually dug quite deep for this. No pun intended. We have a myriad of sources used, all of which can be found in the episode description. So it's a bit muddy as to what the actual origin of the so-called monster is, though the earliest sighting may be as far back as the 1870s. Someone named D. McKenzie claimed to have seen, quote, something wriggling and churning up the water, end quote. However, this alleged sighting wouldn't be published, much less discussed on any scale outside of family and friends, until sometime around 1934. So, I, I feel like it goes, like, not even a little, like, way further back than that. Like, I, I thought I'd, I, yeah, I came across something, it was a report from, like, the year 565. What? Would, yeah, would, it would, would, like it was written about a century. So like the 565 thing would get written about a century later in 665, something like that. Um, but yeah, no, like there were some people burying a body or something at the River Ness when one of the men was like dragged down and mauled by some unknown creature. Right, but it wasn't sensationalized until the 1900s. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, yeah, my bad. That's okay. So yeah, there were claims of sightings much sooner than that, which I'll bring up now since Shelby blew the lid off the story. I said I'm sorry. Yeah. 
So yes, there was that <laughs> incident written about in the 6th uh, century. I actually find the St. Columba account to be a bit comedic. It's claimed that he was able to ward off the beast with the sign of the cross, like it was some demon or something. Yeah, no, 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 no. I don't think Nessie is a fucking demon. Just, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I swear, the church always tries to take credit for anything they can. Buzzkills. Um, there's a bit more to the story, though, than what you summed up. It wasn't actually people attending a funeral or burying anyone. It was St. Columba crossing the River Ness when he himself witnessed the burial of a swimmer who got attacked by a water beast. St. Columba had one of his monks travel to the other side of the river to secure a raft when the creature surfaced again. And that wait, wait, wait. Was... So th- this dude sees something fucking happen. Yeah. He's like, disciple, cr- cross the river Ness and get me a raft for safety. Yeah. <laughs> Lazy ass. Um, like, you, you're all expendable in the name of Christ. It's fine. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, but it gets better. So this is when St. Columba, quote, invoked the name of God, end quote. What? And the beast retreated. What's even better okay. is a historian named Charles Thomas wrote about that incident. And he said the story should not be taken seriously because, quote, religious writings of that time often embellished actual events in order to convey the power and influence of Christianity, end quote. Oh, you don't fucking say. What yeah, a you don't fucking say. <laughs> God. The power of Christ compels you. Uh, Be gone, what a beast. I am shocked, appalled. <laughs> Color me. Oh, so surprised. Christianity would embellish something so clearly factual. <sighs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. Hey, Sorry. You're <laughs> ridiculous. We've said it before and we will say it again. We're not hating on, relig- on religion. We're just making fun of some of the actions people take to inflate the well, power and not. influence of it. As- oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> hey, I went to a Catholic school, ma'am. And the power of Christ compels every decision of every day. Oh, God. <laughs> God fills all my cracks and makes me whole. It's fine. Um, don't ever say that again. Anyway, I'm sure there was probably something unfamiliar in the water that attacked, uh, you know, the holy Saint Columba, self-acclaimed, and, and his followers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we'll get to the validity of Nessie soon enough. <laughs> so anyways... The uh, the D. McKenzie incident would happen in the early 1870s, and that catches us up. So following the chronological timeline of events, the next supposed sighting would happen in 1888. Alexander MacDonald of Abriakin, Abriak, I don't know how you say that. Abriakin. Abriakin <laughs> cited a, quote, Large, stubby-legged animal surfacing from the lock and propelling itself within 50 yards of the shore where MacDonald stood, end quote. His claim is that it looked like a salamander, but obviously vastly larger than a real salamander would be. Yeah, no shit. Then, the hype around the monster would start winding up in the 1930s. Yes, and as far as the lore itself goes... Um, it does reign true that many aspects of any cryptid often goes hand-in-hand with long-standing native traditions. In the case of the Loch Ness Monster, this still rings true. And don't worry, we are going to get into more sightings and accounts and stuff like that, so hold your water horses. <laughs> um, so in Scotland, a uh, little backstory on their native lore, um, natives believed in creatures known as, I think it's pronounced Kelpies? which are shape-shifting water spirits. Yes! Yeah. And uh, what exactly would Kelpies do, you might ask? Um, They would fucking drown people. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) So the significant difference, however, is that Kelpies are known to resemble horses, whereas Nessie is claimed to be a plesiosaur, which is an ancient water reptile. So... The stark difference between the two is that, A, 
fucking plesiosaurs don't look like horses. They got long ass necks like giraffes. And B, um, it's like a friggin' dinosaur, not a water spirit. So like, come on, people, get with the fucking program. One is obviously much more credible than the other. I, I leave that to the listeners to decide. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go further, let's uh, set the stage, so to say, and uh, get into the formation of Loch Ness itself. So it's part of Scotland's Great Glen Fault, which is a rift that formed about 400 million years ago as the tectonic plates of the Earth, um, you know, moved and crashed together. And as far as the loch being filled with water, that happened about 10,000 years ago with the melting of the glaciers in the area. So right off the bat, we can discount the dinosaur theory. Awesome. Proud of you. No, I'm getting to that. Calm down, please. (sighs) Don't be mad. It is perfectly okay to poke logical holes in your own story and still try to pass it off as fact rather than fiction. I really don't see a point in continuing on. You literally just disproved the possibility of it being a plesiosaur when you said that the lock was not filled with water until 10,000 years ago. And when did the dinosaurs go extinct again? Oh, that's right. About 65 million years ago. Thank you. Check, please. Oh, and, and, because I'm not done. I'm annoying today. (laughs) Even if it somehow did happen to be a plesiosaur, there is no way that there would be enough of a food supply in the lake to sustain it or them or whatever subspecies it may be. But it definitely didn't evolve from them. You know, I really don't like you sometimes. I, I swear. I swear. Anyways, Charlie's outburst aside, the lock itself is absolutely massive and can clearly house a fucking plesiosaur or a few. And I have a little factoid that you might enjoy um, if you put like a little bit of a morbid spin on it. And also this little factoid just kind of vindicates me because it just it, it expresses just how big this fucking lock is. So, at 22.5 miles long, 1.7 miles wide, and depths that reach as far as 754 to 889 feet, the lock itself holds a staggering 263 billion cubic feet of water. I don't see where you're going with this. I am going right here. It is rumored that the entirety of Earth's population can fit into the lock. Three times over. Oh. Interesting. I had no idea it was that large. Yeah. Yeah. So, if anybody's looking to get rid of a body, go to Loch Ness. Um, <laughs> but you have to get yeah, it to so- Scotland first. <laughs> just take do it on that, that plane. You, do with that what you will, but just know, um, as far as Charlie goes, I am keeping a close eye on uh, some random missing person cases that come up in the near future. You want to know something great? This kind of has nothing to do with anything, but my mom worked with this woman who thought that you could drive a car to Europe from here. I feel like we're actually working on making that happen. Yeah, but that, this was a long time ago. Right, 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 right. (laughs) My mom was just like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, I wonder how long it would take. I'm going to have to look it up. My mom's like, you going to drive a car over the ocean? Oh, Americans are so bad at geography. <laughs> it's like a terrible, terrible joke. Like, um, that's just embarrassing. That's a like, horrible. I, just... I mean, I know I can't math for shit, but that's because I have anxiety. Like, how the fuck do you not know that you can't drive a car to Europe from America? <laughs> <laughs> okay, See, anyway. this, is why, this is why we're complimentary or supplementary or whatever. I can math fucking phenomenally. But I am, I'm pretty bad with, like, geography. If you give me a map of the U.S. and you don't have, like, all of the states filled in with their abbreviations, I can maybe do half of them. But then the rest, I'm like, I don't know what this is. Mm. I'm not great at geography either. I just super suck at math. Interesting. It makes me nervous. I thought you were one of the smart ones. You didn't hear what I said, did you? I feel like I heard what you said, and I'm choosing not to respond. <laughs> for your sake. Oh, shit. Um, But still doesn't make you uh, smarter than me. 
Oh, whatever. Anyways, back to the lock. Um, so it is very murky due to the, like, various several water systems that carry vast amounts of sediment with them. Um, so the, the lock is polluting itself. We'll just fucking put it that way. Um, it's also inhabited by eels, trout, um, Arctic car, car or char, I don't, do you know? Char. Char. Arctic char, because apparently that's a fucking fish. Um, pike, lampreys, and a few other species. Um, also, a little fun fact, cute little fun fact. There is the occasional seal that gets into the lock from the North Sea, but overall there is nothing super spectacular or interesting about it. You know, other than the fact that a fucking prehistoric monster plesiosaur lives in it. Nope, you're wrong. No, and I'm, I'm getting back into the sightings because while widely debunked... Nope. Widely debunked. Debunked. Yeah, well, I'm slim, okay? They, uh, they are kind of cool. There was a new road constructed that ran along the northern shore, providing uninhibited visibility of the lock that hadn't existed before. On April 14th, 1933, Aldi McKay, a local innkeeper, noticed a tremendous break in the water about 200 yards away. She claims to have seen something moving just below the surface. It had two humps that broke the surface of the water and rolled and was about 20 feet in total length. She described it as a, quote, whale-like fish, end quote. A friend of the McKay's, Alex Campbell, heard of the incident, and they happened also to be a news correspondent for the Inverness Courier. And not long after the incident, the encounter was published on May 2nd, and the legend, as we know it today, was officially born. Yeah, and I think Campbell would go on to claim numerous sightings himself as well. But, like, with all, you know, glamorized and sensationalized things... People would start rolling in, and, you know, the claims of sightings would just fucking explode. Well, not quite. So, though it was published in the Inverness Courier, that was only a local paper, and news wouldn't spread on a grander scale until a bit later. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Well, I don't know if this was prior prior to or post, um, you know, the story blowing up on a grander scale. But on July 22nd, a man by the name of George Spicer claimed that Nessie had actually crossed the road along the southern edge of the lock. Spicer described it as having a neck like an elephant trunk, a dirty gray body, and was about four feet high. He backed up his story with saying that as he approached the spot where the creature you know, was jerking across the road, as he put it, the vegetation had been flattened as if something had plowed right through it. And I don't want to hear a single fucking peep from you with this next little bit of info, but Spicer's story would end up growing troubling because his estimate of the creature's size varied from about 6 to 8 feet, eventually going all the way up to 25 feet. (laughs) I won't disparage it this one time. I was going to say, I will give you $20 cash right now if you just shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> what I will say, though, is in his defense, size is pretty difficult to judge, especially from a distance. You know, so he was, what, like 200 or 300 feet away when he claimed to have seen it? No, it was even further than that. It was like 200 yards. Oh. So it was, it was closer to like 600 feet or so. Okay. So yeah, I can't imagine someone being able to accurately guesstimate anything size from that far away. And the Spicer's own story would not be widely circulated until months later, even though they wrote The Courier just a couple weeks later in August. And then there's the first photo of the monster. Well, photo of the alleged monster. On November 12th, 1933... Uh, Hugh Gray was walking his dog along the shore near his home, and he had his camera with him because he often photographed the landscape, you know, to capture its beauty. Um, but on I this day... I do that day, quite often while I drive. Huh? I do that quite often while I drive. Like, when the oh. sun is, like, just in the perfect spot, and it goes from, like, that, like, 
semi-burnt orange to like the reddish pink to the purple to the darkness. It's just fucking chef's kiss. Good well, job. Well, you heard it here, folks. Shelby plays on his phone while he drives and takes photos. So beware. Um, I am literally looking at the road. The phone is just another set of eyes. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Okay. Uh, anyway... Hugh Gray is out, you know, walking his dog and capturing some beauty. Um, But on this particular day, he noticed something thrashing about in the water nearly 100 yards out, which he described as an immense animal. He would also describe it as being about 20 to 40 feet long and dark gray. Uh, But Hugh was smart, though. He had an inkling, rightly so, that he would be ridiculed. So he didn't take his film to be processed, and his brother actually ended up taking it three weeks after it had happened, and of the five photos taken, only one was a usable image. Uh, while it is super blurry, and many have debunked it, claiming that it's Hughes's dog, <laughs> I will give you this one and say that it does look kind of serpent-like. Yeah, like, I looked at so many variations of that photo, like... Like different edited versions of it, and like while I can kind of see what looks like the outline of a dog's head, you know, which he had a Labrador Retriever, like the head itself is is just hollow. Look, like I would I would assume like there's no solid shape or form to it. I would assume, you know, the the head would be a like a solid fucking thing on the on the picture, but whatever it is in the water, that is clear and distinct. And this it, this one's probably my favorite sighting. It's uh, the, quote, surgeon's photograph, as it's become known as. So a London gynecologist by the name of Robert Kenneth Wilson. Oh, wait, there's your uh, three first name weirdo thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Robert Kenneth Wilson. Robert uh, Kenneth Wilson. Yeah, no, three, three first name people are fucking weird, dude. Um, but anyways... Wait, so Wilson's Wil- not his last name? No, no, it is. I'm saying if your name is compri- if your full name is comprised of three first names, oh, you're weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Wilson claims to have seen a creature pop up from the lock in 1934. So he grabbed his camera, caught four pictures, and similar to Hugh, uh, only two of them would actually depict anything discernible. Now. My issues with his photos. One, he didn't even want to be associated with the photo. Shut up, weird. <laughs> I, got, I got you. I, I saw you get close to that mic. <laughs> Two, if you actually look at it, Nessie is tiny. Like, it, it literally looks like this little tiny thing super zoomed in on. And, like, there, there's just no way. I'm obviously no expert, but I have eyes and I can critically think and the ripples and what appears to maybe attempt being waves going outward from the, you know, quote unquote creature suggests that the water is incredibly turbulent. If, you know, if he was any decent distance, it would like the, the whole thing just does not look right. I have heavy criticism on the validity of that photograph. Like nothing about it whatsoever looks fucking believable. 100% agree. And I know that some of the analysis analyses of the photo proved to be inconsistent and unreliable when concentrating on the size. Yeah. But come on, there is no way that wasn't a staged thing with the lens zoomed in to its almost max setting. And some of the reports of the object in the photo, or some of the reports of the object in the photo, say that it was maybe, maybe two to three feet long. So maybe old Mr. Wilson should uh, learn how to use Adobe Photoshop better or, you know, just take a better hoax of a picture. (laughs) Okay, so actually, crazy thing about your little Photoshop comment and little fun fact from me. There is actually a way to Photoshop like film negatives and stuff like that when you process them on, on a picture. Like, you can take the negative and process or develop it, like, a certain amount and then change some stuff and continue to process it. Like, it, it's just fucking wild. And the only reason I know that is because I experimented with it a tiny bit uh, when I took photography in high school. 
I think I've heard of that, but I don't know from where. So maybe I'm lying. It, uh, it is very difficult. I will say that. Yeah, that's crazy to think about, though. Even with film negatives, you know, you can still manipulate a photo to show something that isn't there. Mm-hmm. But wait, actually, hold on. If you can manipulate a negative, now I'm more than a little skeptical on the Hue photo. You had just oh, said you Christ. can make out, you can kind of make out the shape of a dog's head. So it's definitely possible that the photo was manipulated or it just wasn't processed correctly. <sighs> All right, I'll give you that one. That's a solid point. I, I don't know. I'm stumped. Solid rebuttal. Good job. I have no counter to your counter. <sighs> Over there thinking that you got me, but nope. Eh, whatever. I missed part of the equation, my bad. What's that thing you always say? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, right. No excuses. Oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway. I was just going to say, and I'm over here talking about how I'm good at math. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I say let's just keep uh, letting the good times uh, roll. Um, again, no pun intended, giving this next encounter with the elusive beast of Loch Ness. So in 1938... A South African tourist named G.E. Taylor was filming the lock when yet another strange disturbance occurred. He gave the film to Maurice Burton, who is a British zoologist for safekeeping. And, uh, oh, well, would you look at that? He refused to show the film when people came around asking for it. What a sham. I mean, shame. (laughs) The only thing... That would come from his damning video is a single frame which was published in uh, his book many years later. And it's wild to think that with such strong, irrefutable evidence, you wouldn't want to show it. I mean, I don't understand why these people are so against, you know, displaying their proof. I mean, clearly, very clearly... They are scared of being ridiculed by non-believers such as yourself, you fucking hater. I am sure that is exactly it. I am so happy we can finally agree. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am elated to see you finally coming around. <laughs> but that aside, there are a handful of other documented and I'll I'll give Charlie this one alleged encounters. Um, so are they allegedly documented? No, 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 they're documented, but as you would say, they are alleged encounters. Okay. Um, Though, these are uh, the most prominent and well-known, you know, the ones that we've just discussed. And things would take a drastic turn in 1954 as well. So, this is where I'm I'm coming for you. (laughs) The fishing boat, Rival 3, was looking for schools of fish using sonar when they picked up a large unknown object on the radar. The object apparently followed them for about 2,600 feet while maintaining a depth of near, uh, nearly 480 feet. And they briefly recaptured it after it had disappeared the first time. But once it disappeared the second time, they could not find it again. Then would come the Dinsdale footage in April of 1960. Tim Dinsdale was an aeronautical engineer who had spent four days scouring the edges of the lock trying to find Nessie. On the fifth day, he claims to have seen, quote, a huge creature swimming and making waves in the lock, end quote. And that was happening while he was having breakfast. While he was able to swiftly get his camera, he only captured a hump gliding across the water and was able to get a solid minute of footage. The uh, Joint Air Reconnaissance Intelligence Center, or J-A-R-I-C, what the... (laughs) Cod Jarek, yeah, which is a U- UK defense intelligence organization, uh, they analyzed the footage, and their finding was that the object was, quote, probably animate. <laughs> that is the best analysis I could possibly fucking imagine. <laughs> probably animate. <laughs> Boom. Irrefutable Thank you, Jarek. Thank you. <laughs> We really appreciate appreciate the input here. <laughs> Stunning. Big Brother government fucking came in, took a look, and everyone knows government never lies, especially when it comes to weird monsters or science stuff. It's a threat to security. You gotta take it out. <sighs> yeah. Coming from the show's king of conspiracy, I totally believe you when you say government doesn't lie. 
Even I, I know that, that what government of- says is bullshit, but that's a story for another time. I was going to say, you're, you are one of like three people that I don't believe I've ever lied to. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as the footage, though, it was eventually re-examined and somewhat reconfirmed. Why did I say like that? Confirmed. Uh, but there are still doubts about its validity. Yeah, I I saw some of the reports had said it was like a right place, right time kind of thing, and that the water could have easily formed the shadows that we're seeing, but I'm, I don't know, man, I'm still kind of open to the idea of a big-ass dinosaur being down there. Of course you are. I'm sure you uh, also already know, but we'll be just as elated to hear that there was a sighting as recently as 2007. Woo! Not even more recent. Nessie's making a comeback. Yeah, look at that. Mythical creatures just need a few decades of a break to rest and chillax before being bombarded by the monstrosities that are humans. I get that. It's hard to live a rock star celebrity life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In May of 2007, Gordon Holmes was at Loch Ness and captured some footage of a creature moving across the water at high speeds. Um, A marine biologist working at the Loch Ness 2000 Center in Drumbadrokit. 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 Said the footage was among the best footage of Nessie he had ever seen. Yes! Monsters in Loch Ness, let's fucking go. Hold on to your Kelpies. So Shine later went on to retract his statement during a TV interview. He suggested at the time of that interview that the footage was likely just a seal or otter. So uh, no Nessie for you. You know what? Fine. Then no podcast for you. You are hereby (laughs) relieved of your post. Please pack your things. Your last payment will be in the form of compliments that will be sent via text and good day to you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You would never fire me. Yeah, we work too well together. But my faux annoyance aside, I suppose we can get into some of the debunkings of good old Nessie. Um, But we... What? We've we've provided such stunning evidence. Well, no, no, no. hold on, no, no, because a couple of these stories are, but we we only got into the famous stories. There are dozens of fucking sightings. We're just gonna debunk a couple things we haven't talked about. So let me get to it, okay? Okay. As much as I would personally love for Nessie to be real, um, I'm I'm still a believer. Although, like, deep down in my subconscious, I know it's really not feasible that Nessie exists. But to anyone listening, if you do believe Nessie is real, do not let Charlie or I kill your dreams. If you want to go out and get irrefutable proof for yourself, please do so and send it to Charlie at 1234 West Northam Street in Boganis, Illinois. What the fuck kind of address is that? It is a very not fake one that I made up just now on the spot for the show. You're welcome. Maybe I will let you fire me. (laughs) This is getting ridiculous. Actually, all right, hold on. (laughs) We got to get to these scientific debunkings. So we've covered, you know, the famous sightings. As I've said a couple times already, there are obviously many, many more and will likely be many, many more. But this is the part of the timeline where science comes in and puts its big ol' honkin' fucking strong strapping foot down. There was actually another sonar reading back in August of 2011 from someone named Marcus Atkinson. The image on the sonar revealed a five-foot-wide object which followed his boat for two minutes. And when examined later by scientists from the National Ocean... Oh, Oceanography. I know. I don't know why I tried to say oceanography. Oceana? <laughs> From the National Oceanography Center, they concluded that it was an algae bloom or zooplankton. There is a dissenting theory, though. So remember how we mentioned the lock is super dirty because of all the sediment flow from, like, the different water systems and all that? Mm-hmm. Well... A cryptozoologist by the name of Roland Watson disagreed with the scientists claiming that it couldn't be algae because algae can't grow in the lock due to the lack of sunlight penetrating the water. Oh. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually a sound theory. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't recall if we mentioned it uh, earlier, but sunlight could only go, what, like 10 feet down or so? Yeah, I think it was something like that. It was somewhere between like maybe 10 to 12 feet. Interesting. Good on Roland. Yeah. Cryptozoologist for the fucking win. <laughs> there was also the 2014 Apple Maps incident with uh, someone named Andrew Dixon. When he looked at Loch Ness, he saw the silhouette of something large close to the surface. And many people brushed that off as being wake from a boat or Photoshop. So with all of the legends and lore surrounding the creature, what could it possibly be? Can Shelby pull himself to reality long enough to let us find out? You know what? I actually can't. The narco's hitting me pretty fucking hard right now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes, I am still on the pain medication, everybody. No, I pinky promise I am not um, forming a habit or an addiction. Um, but let me... Woosa. Okay. I will reel myself back a little bit and try to say yes, I can. I love debunking things, even if it destroys my own perception of reality. And I think you're especially gonna gonna love this uh, little bit of corporate jargon. Uh, I want to circle back to the surgeon's photo. <laughs> so that photo would actually be debunked in 1999 in a book titled Nessie: The Surgeon's Photograph Exposed. <gasps> yeah. So I never really gave much credit to the photo anyway, obviously. So I'm not even remotely upset about it being fake. Um, but as it goes, the quote-unquote creature in that photograph was actually a toy submarine built by Christian Sperling, who was the son-in-law of Marmaduke Wetherell. And apparently, Marmaduke was ridiculed by his employer, who happened to be the Daily Mail, for a fake Nessie footprint incident. So, to get payback... Wethrell conspired with Sperling, who, and Sperling was a sculpture special, uh, specialist. Um, he also conspired with his son, Ian Wethrell. Um, and Ian actually was the one who went and bought the materials. And lastly, the final conspirator, co-conspirator, whatever, was Maurice Chambers, who was an insurance agent. So, all of them took the toy submarine, which they got from F.W. Woolworths, made a head and a neck from some wood putty, uh, took the photos, all that good stuff, and gave the photo plates to our boy Wilson. And Wilson, the sneaky little bitch that he is, quote, enjoyed a good practical joke. So he was, he was just all on board. <sighs> what an asshole. <laughs> as far as getting back at the Daily Mail, though... That's some serious effort. Good for them, because I hate the yeah. Daily Mail. Yeah, no, I, 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 that is, I agree. That is dedication, and I have the utmost respect for that. Good for you. <sighs> um, and the, re the reason that this is actually a little bit funny is because the Daily Mail obviously ran the story saying that the monster had been photographed and therefore is clearly fucking true. So <laughs> fucking <laughs> to them. <laughs> I always feel like uh, Daily Mail is BuzzFeed pretending to be serious. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I get that. Like, I love watching political arguments online and then someone will come through and their source is the Daily Mail. Yeah. And I'm just like, mm, no. Okay. It's it's actually funny because um, I, was, I was on TikTok and I think it was like the third video down. This chick starts her video with, I'm mad at the Daily Mail. <laughs> and I immediately stitched it because I was like, this is fucking hilarious because I just did research on the Loch Ness Monster, and this guy pulled a prank on the Daily Mail back in, like, the early 1900s or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, um, Got very few views and likes, but that's okay, because it was funny to me, and I appreciate it. I know. I have to actually, like, watch your videos. D please don't. Please don't. I sent gonna, you the I'm one. I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to watch every single one of them. <sighs> I'm going to like, and I'm going to comment. I'm changing and I'll all share of my the more settings. embarrassing ones. I'm changing all of my settings right motherfucking. <laughs> no, you're not. Stop. <laughs> I 
I am on my page right now about to private everything. Oh, stop. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> did you ever... Did I, I made a video specifically for you, but I don't know if you ever saw it, even though I did text it to you. Which one? Um, when you sent me a screenshot that you had made TikTok, I immediately logged on while I was at work and I made a video and I texted it to you. And it was something along the lines of like me saying like, oh, get a TikTok. Oh, you share the stuff anyway. Oh, just do it. And then like you actually do it. And the sound ends with, I am very uncomfortable with the energy we've created in the studio today. I have not seen. <laughs> oh, I texted it to you. God, this just, this is verification that Charlie ignores my text, but I have no room to talk because I have over 2,900 unread text messages. It's just sometimes I see it. And it's then okay. the time of day I, I see it, it's like I can't get to it, and then I totally forget about it. I 100% understand. It's okay. <laughs> I will send it to you again if you like. Sure. Um, okay, okay, anyways, back, back to, to Nessie. Nessie. <laughs> that was funny. Um, all right, so where were we at? Da, 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 da. Yeah, Daily Mail. Oh, oh, oh. There is also the little detail factoid of tree trunks and the like being misconstrued as Nessie. Um, one of the books used points, one of the books that we used points out that there is an interesting correlation between locks with pine woods having stories of cryptids, whereas those that don't are generally devoid of such tales. And there is even a series of articles written by Dr. Maurice Burton in New Scientist from 1982, explaining that Scott's Pine was almost undoubtedly the culprit of numerous sightings. Aside from that, you've got good old-fashioned weather and geological instances, so wind gusts can cause a weird, like, matte appearance on the water, which will cause dark patches in calm spots on the water. Seismic gas also isn't uncommon given the lock's location, and it may actually provide some evidence for the St. Columba story as well. It was mentioned that there was this, uh, quote, great roaring sound, which, you know, very easily could have been a small earthquake. The seismic gas would cause a disturbance in the water while also bringing a frothy look to it. Interesting. I do love me some earthquakes that debunk some fanatical religious tomfoolery. So take that, Columbo. Ha 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 ha. Columbo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the detective. <laughs> so, like, but I was, like, seriously, though, trying to use the sanctity that is Christianity to ward off creatures that don't exist. Like, how dare you? God is not pleased. <laughs> also, there is the very real possibility of seals or otters. What about a whale? You know, I was actually thinking about that. I forget who it was, but they said it was like a whale-like fish. There is such a thing as a whale shark. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know where they're native in the oceans and shit, but, like, there are big fish. Those do exist. One of and them I is feel a monster like... that lives in Loch Ness. I'm just saying. I mean, aren't there freshwater sharks? I have no idea. I am as dumb as dumb gets when it comes to any aquatic life. I feel like I was just watching videos about this the other day. I thought that there was... I thought that there was some sort of freshwater shark or like a shark that could exist in both salt and freshwater. Uh, you, you tell me you're the one with the aquariums, not me. Yeah, because I'm obviously playing with sharks all day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I know. Actually, Everything I, I said that, maybe uh, total I, malarkey. I, I, I'll look into it. Um, but I was going to say I did see that little shrimp video. Things cool as fuck. Yeah, you have to see him in person. He's I, so I recommend... Funny. He like he hides in this cave that he's, you know, scoped out for himself in there. And when he doesn't notice that you're watching him, he's just sitting in there with like his little claws all up near his body. But when you come up to the tank and he notices you, all of a sudden he's like this. <laughs> he immediately well, yeah, it's, spreads it's, his arms as far as he can. He's like, don't come near me, bitch. You yeah, see these clippers? It, <laughs> yeah, it's a defense tactic. He's making Obviously, <laughs> it's just really funny because like the cleaner shrimp is so cute and doesn't act like that and is really curious and like wants to swim up to you and this thing is like, come at me, bitch. He's <laughs> <laughs> kind of aggressive, so I hope he doesn't I, go I've after any of the been like... Meaning to... I've actually been meaning to ask, because obviously I've been over a few times. Are mm -hmm. there 
actually fish in those tanks? Because I've glanced over every time I've been over there. And so I've not seen any. When you were there, we only had, um, I think it was just the pair of clowns. Oh, got it, got it. But um, since then, we've added another clown, two types of shrimp, and a strange little creature that, well, it's a fish, but it lives on the floor. It's called a goby, diamond goby, and he like scoops up sand all day and spits it back out of his gills, makes a big mess. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty cool. We're going to get more stuff. It's just there's like a whole bunch of renovations that needed to be done first and like updates and crap. Gotcha. Um, And then once that's all set in place, then we'll start filling it up cool because yeah like i've what i've been over there what like four times we'll say and every Mm -hmm. time i I didn't want to say anything so i'm like these are like really big fish tanks maybe they're just hiding but i'm like did they did they just are these just for show where where's the fish (laughs) no and he's actually at menards right now picking up more supplies for this um pump that he has to plumb gotcha it's just there's a lot of stuff going on (laughs) oh no uh, dude i believe it like those tanks are fucking massive and you haven't seen the basement. No, I'm gonna not have at to all. like take a video and show you what he's done to the basement because you're gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, I could just come over and look. I ha- literally have nothing else to do, so I'm like, <laughs> no one's going in that basement until it's clean. It oh, is Jesus Christ, horrible. But anyway, okay, Nessie. Um, yeah. So, sorry. You're learning more about us, folks. Charlie has uh, fish tanks uh, devoid of fish. Um. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, like seals and otters, we've mentioned before, um, they do make their way into the lock on occasion because of the connecting waters and stuff. But some of my favorite parts, which are technically still theories, you know, while still, quote, debunking it, um, fucking giant eels and big ass fish. Like there are plenty of eel species in the lock and there's one in particular, the conger eel, which can grow to 60 inches long with some of them reaching a length of 10 feet. And they could also weigh as much as 240 pounds. Well, that would explain not only Nessie, but the Kelpies as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, chunky eels. Yeah. Thick boys. <laughs> I saw that there was a report in 1856 of sea, ser- uh, sea serpents or Kelpies, which were very likely just eels. And oh, did you see the part about it possibly being elephants? Oh, dude, yeah. What the fuck was that? Okay, yeah. Everybody's got to hear this. Apparently, artist and paleontologist Neil Clark said in 2006 that traveling circuses in the area may have sent the elephants to swim in the lock. They would use their long noses like a snorkel and could have easily been mistaken as being the neck of a water beast. Um, did. Doesn't really make sense to me, but a lot of the, because a lot of the sightings claim to be near the shores, and if it's elephants, they can obviously only go so deep. Yeah, like, I I definitely get that, because I, I, I'm, we're both bad with names, I forget who it was that was, I th- oh, it was Hugh, he was, like, scouring the edges of the lock yeah. for, like, four days. So, yeah, like, if it's elephants, you know, they can go, what, like, maybe 20, 25 feet deep before their noses can't breathe for them anymore? Okay. Real quick on that, though. Elephants come from very warm areas. I have a feeling the lock must be pretty damn cold. And I really don't feel like an elephant would go in and submerge itself in icy water. Um, well, I do know that the water never freezes because obviously like the seismic gas and all that, but I did look it up. Temperature of Loch Ness. First result on Google from visit says, quote, first things first, we do not recommend you go wild swimming in Loch Ness. Apart from the small matter of Nessie lurking deep beneath the surface... <laughs> The water is bitterly cold all year round, only around five degrees Celsius, which I don't know how to do the conversion to Fahrenheit. Yeah, no elephant's going to be sitting in that. You're not going <laughs> to... Then it's fucking Nessie! You got it on visitinvernesslochness.com, and you got it from Charlie. Charlie has finally, has finally accepted the fate that Nessie is real. Oh my god. It's fine. It's anyway. Fine. <laughs> um, 
But I mean, I was gonna say like circus elephants, hell yeah. But I mean, we just we just debunked that fucking live on air. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is one last feasible possibility that I want to bring up, and that is the European sea sturgeon. And while they haven't quite been sighted in the lock, I know that they do live in coastal waters and river systems that connect to the lock. And the reason I bring this up is because. Some of the, one of the biggest ones found to date, and I'm sure there are many, many others that are similar in size. It was 20 feet long. A sea sturgeon. That is a big fish. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. Oh, those are those real ugly fish too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, funny, real quick derail. One of my coworkers, they live out in Montana and her husband is some type of fish scientist they call him and he works on sturgeons she always calls him the sturgeon surgeon <laughs> oh my god i love it isn't that That's great fantastic. <laughs> anyway um so actually so to to stay on par with sturgeons um these ones in particular the european sea sturgeon mm-hmm. can live for up to a hundred years so it is certainly plausible that there is or was a big one in loch ness and it would have you know, been able to live long enough to see many of the ple- many of the people who claim to see Nessie. I mean, definitely within the realm of possibility. So, like, what twenty feet long? You said. Yeah, yeah, twenty feet long, living for up to a hundred years. Jeez. All right. Well, we're nearing the end here. You want to wrap it up with a few major hoaxes? Absolutely, because these stories are just beautiful. Yeah. So we already covered the surgeon's photo. There was one guy who claimed to find a fossil of Nessie, but when examined, it was determined that the fossil wasn't even from the lock. So, you know, (laughs) amateur hour over here. Then there's the 2004 incident where a documentary crew built a realistic looking animatronic plesiosaur, quote, in the hopes of making people believe that there was something in Loch Ness. End quote. I wonder if you can get arrested for something like that, like causing civil unrest or disturbing the peace or some bullshit charge like that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I sort of doubt it, but <laughs> you never know. And I know you had previously mentioned, you know, in like a private conversation that laws in other countries can be a little wild. Uh, I know the animatronic did its job, though, because more than 600 sightings were reported just in that one day. Six, 600? Jesus. What the fuck? That's a lot. Oh, actually, speaking of, like, animatronics and stuff like that, did you see the one about the movie The Water Horse? Oh, my God, yeah. I cannot believe people thought that was real. <laughs> Seriously, like uh, personally i kind of can because like i know it was it was made to be a viral ad but like the level of detail and the fact that it was like right there when nessie clearly used to and like almost exclusively always does run away like you, re- you really think they're gonna fucking get it like off close and personal like oh, <laughs> yeah oh, like come on but you know i'd uh, you know, be a little skeptical you know but, uh, so, yeah, the, the, that one was a 2007 YouTube video, which was a viral ad for the movie The Water Course. And, yeah, people ate it up like fucking cake. And as much as I'd love to continue on with more stories of the great beast of Loch Ness, um, I mean, that's really all we've got for you. If you're at all interested in reading up on the elusive monster, we personally highly recommend checking out the books in the description below that we used. Um, There are a few more accounts in each of them that that we didn't quite have time to get to, or they were just a little boring, but they are interesting nonetheless. Yeah, there were some pretty wild stories across all of them. Like, they also go into a bit more detail regarding some of the hoaxes, so how they were exposed, you know, who exposed them, so on and so forth, lie after lie. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, and uh, as always, thank you again so much for tuning in. If you enjoy the show and would like to show us some support, we invite you to check out our Patreon at patreon.com 
backslash CYS podcast. Um, we do have a few different tiers available, and we're also going to have a few giveaways coming up soon for the one-year anniversary of the show. Wow, it's almost been an entire year. Yeah, we got eight more weeks, and that marks the spot. Wow, time has really flown by. Yeah, you're telling me. I'm just happy to have made it this far, considering I previously made it only like six or seven episodes the first time around with my previous <laughs> co-host that I won't mention, and I won't disparage, because I'm a better person than that. Oh, yeah. But hey, one year is a solid achievement. I mean, definitely doesn't feel like it's been that long. Yeah, seriously. And... I mean, that's just how long we've been putting out episodes. We started working on this thing nearly two years ago in, like, October or November. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's been fun. I I like the topics we find and, you know, getting to give you a little shit here and there. Oh, I can definitely tell. Fucking rude ass. <laughs> I know you don't mean it. Anyways. Oh, no, I, do. I do. You are quite rude. You punched <laughs> me yesterday. I punched Repeatedly. you? Repeatedly. <laughs> Yeah, but you said something. You did something. What did you do? You did. You did. I remember you because I went after you after you did it. (laughs) Okay, so fun little story from mine and Charlie's adventures yesterday, which was a date y'all will not know. So we, we went out to a bar that we both used to frequent many, many, many years ago, and... I, I forget what we were talking about earlier in the night. Oh, I had mentioned that Charlie likes to kick people in the shins. And she made a comment that she has evolved above physical violence. Fast <laughs> forward <lie>. to... Like, <laughs> clearly. Fast forward to like an hour or two later. I was going to one of the tables near the stage because they were doing karaoke. And... I, so I sat down, I was going to grab Charlie's drink and hide it, but then she turned around. I, I forget, other a couple other things happened, but I ended up like getting up and going to the end of the table. And then Charlie and I were both walking back to our seats. I swear to God, I thought she saw me do this. As she was going back to her seat, I pulled it back like six inches and saw that she had actually started to sit down. So I panicked and like shoved my hand to her back to try and keep her from falling. <laughs> now, yeah, I remember that and now. She she got like, I want you got like three inches below the seat of the chair. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught yourself or if I caught you or if it was mixed. Well, I was both. going down like kind of like it was quickly, but I was also doing it like very controlled. And then you also ended up putting your hand out, and that's when I was like, "Wait, something's wrong." Because like if I had been, if I had not been graceful about it and went over there to just plop down real quick, it doesn't matter if you would put your hand out or not. I was gonna go down. <laughs> So I, I got Charlie with the classic pull the seat out from under prank. I was dying of laughter, though I did feel bad. Our friend Izzy was fucking dying of laughter because he just watched it. He watched it happen and let it happen. And, and then Charlie looks at me and she's like, if you weren't on fucking crutches right now, I would have kicked you in the shin. And then like 30 seconds later, just turns and starts fucking swinging at me. <laughs> I didn't even connect any of them. Oh, oh shit. But you, it does change the fact you swung like six fucking times. <laughs> <laughs> the punishment did not fit the crime in that scenario. Oh, fuck. If I had fallen, you, it would have been worse. Oh, dude, if you would have fallen, I would have dropped the crutches and fucking hightailed it out of there with my limping ass leg. Yeah, cause, and then I would have taken the crutches and hit you in the back of the knee while you ran away. <laughs> You have to go get hip surgery for real. Oh, fuck. Oh, my oh, God. Sh- okay, anyway. <laughs> it was, it if- was fucking worth it, everybody. And Charlie's sister, I already messaged you about this. Use this info however you wish. If you hear this episode, utilize this information to the best of your ability. <laughs> Charlie falls for the pull the seat out from under her prank. So before I kill Shelby... <laughs> If you would like to keep up with him before that happens, maybe me, probably not me, because I'll be, you know, hiding somewhere. Uh, but if you want to keep up with him, me, or the show, you can find us at uh, Shelbatron underscore one 
that's O-N-E, and me, Charlie underscore C-Y-S on Instagram. And you can find the show at C-Y-S Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we've been doing much better with posting to the show's pages, so definitely check those out. Yes. And also, if there's any additional information, any corrections, etc., that you have for this week's episode, feel free to shoot us an email at cyspod at gmail.com with the episode title in the subject line. And because, include your uh, sources. We like to uh, stay very organized around here. Yes. We hope I don't all- open my text messages, but my emails are fucking immaculate. We hope you all have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next time. Stay weird and creepy. Good night. Whether you're a believer or you're not a believer, whether you're a skeptic or whatever, the fascination that is Loch Ness will always remain in people's minds, and they will always want to come and see it.